This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We're going to start a new series tonight. Let's, let's look at our, our text. Psalms 118, verse 15. It says, The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I, I don't know about you. Do you ever get stuck on a psalm? You ever just find a psalm that you just keep going back to over and over and over again? It's kind of like your favorite psalm. I get stuck occasionally, and I've been stuck for about a year on Psalms 118. It's just a great psalm. In fact, in my Bible, the, I, I use a, a Bible like this. This is kind of an old-fashioned Bible. It has leather and paper. <laughs> and you actually can read it. It, it, it. it works. I know some of you like digital. I still like this one because I get no notifications when I read this one. That's right. <laughs> can I get an amen, somebody? Right. Um, and, and I can mark in it. And, and you can write in. Don't you say, well, you can't write in the Bible. It's holy. No, it's inspired. It's holy. It's, it, it's separated. But you can write all in it. And you can make little notes about where, and, and this is the thing I like about this kind of Bible is you can make notes about things that God impresses on your heart. And Psalms 118, I got that, like the whole, you know, you go by highlight and then underline and write. No, the whole psalm is underlined and highlighted. And it's just a powerful psalm. But this one really stood out to me. It says the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents. And what keeps getting impressed to me is what's the voice coming out of my tent? And so I want to talk about that. Now, it's, it's interesting that when the Lord was talking, he said the voice. The emphasis in the Bible is, if you'll, if you'll notice, the emphasis in the Bible is a lot on what we hear as opposed to what we see. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've heard people say, man, if I could just see a miracle, I, I, I'd have faith. No, there are people who saw miracles. They saw I saw the Lord split the Red Sea. They still doubted just a few weeks later. It's, it's not always seen. And as I thought about that, I thought about a show that I watch occasionally. I don't, I don't, I don't watch too much television, but when I do, um, I, I like more reality shows. And there's a show on called The Voice. Have you ever seen The Voice? For those of you who haven't, I'm going to show you a clip in just a second. But the, here's the premise. It's a singing competition. And they get people who are up there. They have four established musical artists from various different genres. And they're sitting in chairs and someone comes out to sing. But here's the catch. It's called a blind audition. And the blind audition is they don't get a chance to see them. So their back is turned to the singer. And all they can do is hear. And if they like what they hear and want them on their team, they'll hit the buzzer and then they turn around and see them. But it's interesting because they can only hear first. So I'm trying to explain this to you, but I thought a clip would probably help. So here's a clip of this. You remember me oh. when the west wind moves among the
could sing. <laughs> that girl can sing. But before they, before they could see, they had to hear. So let's talk about the voice. We're talking about the voice in our lives and what's coming out of our tent. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful tonight. We're thankful that we have an opportunity to come, to listen, to learn. Thank you for every individual that's here. They made an effort to be here. Father, thank you. You said in all labor there is profit. So we thank you tonight. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit who is the teacher, that he can illuminate and bring things to light, Father, way beyond what we say. Lord, we're grateful that you love us, you care for us. You continually want us to grow and develop and to live in the fullness of all that you have planned. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Let's talk a little bit about our tent. It's interesting that that, that word tents is used. Peter uses that word, 2 Peter, the first chapter, verse, 1, 4, verse 14 says this, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. That's interesting. He's not talking about he had a pup tent and the Lord told him he was going to have to put it down. He's talking about his body. And when Peter referred to his body, as, in, as some New Testament writers did, they always referred to it as something that was temporary. He said, I'm, I'm going to, a tent, you know, a tent is a temporary dwelling. You can, you can, back, you can pack it up and take it home. And Peter said, I'm going, to, I'm going to put off my tent. So what he was talking about is a very interesting perspective is our tents, our bodies are temporary. And they, they house our spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul, a mind, a will, and emotions. We live in a body. You realize you're not your body. That one day you'll leave this body done so many funerals over the years. That's, that's, that's part of my job. That's what I do. But it's always interesting to see the perspective of people who have an understanding that the, that the body laying there is not that person that they're gone. Yes. And the best way I've seen, and boy, and I've seen some too that are just horrendous where, you know, people are just falling all over the body and just draping all over it. And I, and I realize that grief People process grief in a different way. But I've also seen people step by and look at the casket and go, that's not them. I don't care how good a job they do in embalming them. That's not them. The life has gone. It is left. And, if, and thank God, if they've made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, you know exactly where they are. And you know you'll see them again. And that gives us a hope that goes way beyond the tears. What a difference it makes. I buried my dad this year, and I, I, I just... And I don't look long. I just, I, my mom and I look me like, okay, that's him. That's, that's good. And uh, great. And I kept telling mom, it's not him. That's only his tent. He has evacuated that tent. He's gone. And he's in a better place. And uh, I, re I rejoice with him. And when I see him again, he won't, he'll look real good. You know that when you go to heaven, you don't look like the same age as when you go up there, right? <laughs> like grandma, you're going to see grandma, you're going to go, whoa, grandma. <laughs> grandma, you look good. <laughs> I never knew you really, I, you look good. You're like, well, darling, you didn't see me till I was like 90, so yeah, I look good. <laughs> People say, will we recognize one another up there? Well, yes. 
Paul said when he went to heaven, he didn't know whether he's in the body or out of the body. And so it's, it's, it's very much real. Spiritual realm's real. Paul, Peter said, I'm going to put my tent off. He said, the Lord showed me, I'm putting this tent off, I'm leaving. And he reminded them about some things. So he talks about the tent. So the usage in this passage would imply also our dwelling places, where we live in private. And the part of our lives that's not public for no one can see us. A voice of rejoicing and and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. Now here's, here's what the Lord impressed upon my heart. What would the Lord hear if he walked past my tent? I went camping one time, one time. <laughs> I'm, 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 not a, I'm not a big camper, guys. I just, I'll be honest with you. We, we flooded out a campsite when I was about eight years old. My, that's the last time my dad ever camped. Camping for us is like a Motel 6. And that's roughing it. But I went camping with Matt one time, and we were out in the field with a bunch of other Cub Scouts. And we were all in tents. You realize tents are not private. What's in that tent, you're going to hear. It's not like you have a sound. I don't know if they make soundproof tents now. But we were laying down to go to sleep, and there was a guy about two or three tents over. He was over. I have never heard an individual snore that loud (laughs) in my entire life. I couldn't believe it. It's a wonder this guy's still married. It it was, it, it, it was keeping me awake. I'm like, I can't, I can't believe that. But it was the function of living in a tent. He was snoring in the tent. That's what I heard coming out of the tent. But the Lord impressed me is, what would he hear if he walked past my tent? What would he hear if he walked past your tent? What comes out of your tent? Now, you say, Alan, now you're getting, now you're getting to be where, now you're meddling, Alan, because now you're talking about what happens when we're at home. What happens in private? What are the voices? It comes out. And he's talking about the voice, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but he's talking about the voice of the righteous, which means he's talking about God's people. So the idea is, there, if you walk past the tents of the righteous, there should be something different coming out of their tent than if you walk past the tent of those who have no relationship with God at all. Theoretically, there should be something different coming out of that tent. And so I want to talk a little bit about some of the voices that come out of the tent. Now, tonight we're going to go into some of the voices that, well, they probably shouldn't be coming out of of the tent. But they're just as as important because Scripture says the voice of rejoicing and salvation is coming out of the tents of the righteous. There should be something coming out of us. Somebody expressive. Now here's some of the things that come out of our tents. Uh, the first one is silence. You walk past the tent, you hear nothing. Silence is better than negatives. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm the first one to admit that. But you don't want to be a silent Christian. Now this is something that, that catches people. Because they're like, well, Alan, I'm... I'm a private person. I'm a conservative person. I'm not an expressive person. I I get that. I'm I'm more of a conservative person. When I sat in church, I hardly ever said amen. 
I sowed seeds that I have reaped in my own church. I just didn't say, I, I, and I was at Lakewood, and we had amen people all around me. In fact, we had one guy who was so loud that we finally had to talk to that brother. His favorite word was, hear it. And he had one of those voices that would cut steel too. You know, just, you're just sitting there trying to listen. All of a sudden you hear it. Finally, a friend of mine turned around and said, I am trying to hear it if you would shut up. So I, I, I understand that. I, I've never been, I have never shouted anybody down. I occasionally say amen. I mean, people come, guest speakers. We've got great speakers come. Keith Moore, by the way, he's coming back. And uh, Keith is going to come. And I'll sit there and listen to Keith. And I love listening to Keith. And every, every now and then I'll say, hmm. <laughs> or that's good. Or, yeah. Every now and then, amen. I'm just kind of a quiet, uh, actually kind of a quiet, reserved person. I know that surprises you, but I am. So you say, well, Alan, that's kind of how I am. And my, my religion is private. Well, I wish you'd stay with me during this, this series because I want to encourage you that I'm not saying that you have to become Chatty Cathy, but you want something more than silence coming out of you. We were made by God to be expressive. So, you know, we were given, you know, animals. People say animals, animals have some of the same senses we have, but we're the only ones that can articulate speech. I know people have tried to make animals like the, you know, they're equal with, with, you know, with mankind and chimpanzees and, and man are the same. They're not. They are not. And if you're like an animal lover, don't even write me an email. I'm not even going to read it. <laughs> because there's a different distinction between and chimpanzees, and they, they've taught chimpanzees how to, how to communicate, but there's never been a chimpanzee that walked up to the scientists and said, <clears throat> look, can we talk a little bit about the food I'm getting around here? Because I'm telling you, this stuff is really not good. I'd like a little more bananas, and let's go light on the grapes. They give me a problem in gastronomically. Can we do that? That's not happening. It's not going to happen. We're the only ones that can express. And we're going to find out that Christianity really is is an expression and a lot of expression. This is why you get blessed. One of the reasons you get blessed when you sing is because when we sing, we, we sing, we're expressing our hope. I set my hope on you. I set my hope on your love. I set my hope on the one who's the everlasting God. That makes you, that makes you feel good. And you express that, that makes you feel good. It is a whole lot better than expressing gloom, despair, and agony on me. <laughs> Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. You might know where that's from. Yeah, hee-haw. Boy, that, that's, that's, that's high-level entertainment there, people. All right. Silence. Preferable to negatives, but something we were made... Not to express. Here's, a, here's another voice that comes out of our tent often. Sighing and groaning. Sighing and groaning. Job 23rd chapter. Verse 2 reads this. Even today my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. Job was speaking. He's actually said that word groaning is often used as the word sighing. 
It's a response that's brought on by some form of despair. When, you, when someone groans and they, they just, they're just like, mm. you could tell that something's going on that's wrong. When, have you ever heard just someone just sigh? Just like, you think, oh, they're happy. It's, it's, not, it's, it's a response, it, and it's a, a sad response. And I thought it was interesting. He said, my hand is, is listless because of, of my groaning. Do you recognize that, that when we're down, when we're groaning, when we're depressed, we're not in a strong place? I mean, listen, I've been there. Maybe you haven't been there. But when someone is dealing with down or depression, one of the things that's, that's highly noticeable is they don't have much energy or want to do anything. And their, their hands become heavy. How many of you know when you're cheerful and excited about something, you can tackle something? You can take it on. How do you feel the day you, you wake up and you look at the garage and you go, I'm going to clean the garage today? You're like, I'm, I'm going after it today. There's a little different bit of expectation there. How many of you know that you're getting ready to go on vacation? And you wake up in the morning, you're getting ready to drive. How many of you know there's some, there's some excitement there? You're like, I've got 15 things to do. I will do them. Because we're going on vacation and you're excited. But if you've got yard work to do, you wake up and go, I think I'll go back to bed just for a little, little, little while, a <laughs> little while longer. When, when you're sad, when you're sighing, and it's just something we ought, we ought to, listen, is that what comes out of you the most? There's good news though for God's people. Found in Isaiah it says this in Isaiah 35, verse 10, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing and everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. That word, the ransomed, is also the word that means redeemed. Maybe you've heard that, the redeemed of the Lord. So it's talking about a different group of people. Tents of the righteous as compared to the tents of those who don't know God. Those of us who have been ransomed, that word ransom means to pay a price for someone's release. If you belong to Jesus Christ, do you realize that you have been ransomed back to God? That Jesus paid a price for you to be released from all the power of the enemy and of darkness and all the junk that comes with it. So no longer is the enemy your Lord and master. Jesus is your Lord and master and you're in a different kingdom. But you didn't get there because you were good. You'll get there because someone paid a price for you to get in. Yes. It's like someone ever, ever had someone give you a ticket to someplace? Isn't that a blessing? Someone gave some tickets one time. Justin and I went to, the, to a Texan game. They gave us tickets. I didn't look at Justin and go, look what I did. I went, look what someone gave us. Good tickets to a Thursday night Texan game, which both of us can go to. <laughs> Touchdown. Indianapolis, and we lost. But uh, <laughs> someone gave that to us. It said the ransomed or the redeemed or bought back. This is why sighing can lead. Now listen, here's, here's what we begin to get an understanding of. If we belong to God, we don't have to live our lives in sorrow and sighing and despair. And you may have lived that way. You may be right there in, in despair right now. The good news is we don't have to stay there. Why? 
We have a hope. We have an expectation. We have a God. And as we believe him, he can help us come out of that situation. You're dealing with things right now. All of us are dealing with stuff right now. How many of you know God's bigger than anything right now that we're dealing with? Amen. If, 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 listen, if we buy into that and believe that, and you believe God's going to help you, then instead of looking at your situation and going, you're looking at your situation and going, when the dust settles, I'm the one that's going to be standing. When all this is over, I, this is going to turn out for my good and God's glory. We're going to come through this. And it's a, it's a different. Who, who gets to think that way? Well, you get to think that way because you're a preacher. It didn't say the preacher shall return to Zion. It said the redeemed, the ransomed, the ones who belong to the Lord. We return with singing and joy because we know how this thing winds up. That we got help, that we're not alone. You say, well, Alan, what, what if we die? Then we know exactly where we go. And it's good. So the, the redeemed returned with singing and joy. And so this is something where I, I want to talk about what's coming out of your tent. Because if it's sorrow and sighing, you, you want to begin to remove that. Because it's not helping you. You ever just sat around just contemplated things and the more you talk, thought about it, the more you're like, <sighs> someone looks at you and goes, what's wrong? You go, nothing. <laughs> How many of you, you just lied about it? <laughs> things are bothering you. How many of you could tell when something's bothering somebody? Somebody you know, somebody's close to you. you can, they can walk in the room and you go, what's wrong? They go, nothing. Oh, I know something's wrong. You, you can hear it. Oftentimes it's a, so Alan, can, can we never sigh in life? Well, no. But you want to turn that sigh into the voice of rejoicing. Because sorrow and sighing can wear your heart down. It can, boy, it can just, anxiety in the heart of man causes it to stoop. But a good word can make it glad. That's why you're here on Wednesday night. You need to hear a good word. Because there's enough negative stuff out there. That's one of the benefits of church. I've come into church sometimes, when, especially I would go to Lakewood. I would come into church right now going, oh, please just tell me something good. Because <laughs> I've had enough junk today. And I just need someone to go, Jesus is Lord. God is good. Good things are happening. And we're going to make it. We can say that in church. Say, well, Alan, how can you say that? Because I'm the ransomed of the Lord. He has bought me back. I'm part of his kingdom. And everlasting joy. Aren't you glad everlasting joy is on our heads? Not sorrow. Sighing and groaning is one. You'll like this one. Oh, no, let me, let me read this. I'm going to read this one last verse. This is out of the book of Revelation. Revelation 5, 9 and 10 said, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy, talking about Jesus, to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us, brought us back to God by your blood. 
out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. If you ever read the book of Revelation, you'll notice that in heaven, they do a lot of rejoicing and they got a lot of good things to say. So I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to go ahead and just start now. I don't have to wait till I get there. And you can begin to say some good things. Silence, sighing and groaning. Here's the third thing that comes out of our tents. Well, <laughs> if I should leave this with you or not. But we need to go into it. Complaining. I can feel the enthusiasm in the room for this one. <laughs> Philippians second chapter, verse 14 and 15. This, this, is, this is just as much Bible as anything else. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Complaining. To grumble, to murmur. I used to watch a cartoon when I was a kid. I loved cartoons. And one of them, I don't even know the name of the cartoon, had a dog in it named Muttley. Anybody remember that dog, Muttley? He would laugh like... <laughs> but he would grumble. And they would ask him to do something and Muttley would go... Some of you, Google it, young people. Y'all going to be like, is, is he crazy? No, there actually was a, a cartoon dog named Muttley. Okay. Many people know Muttley? Yeah, I, I, I was not lying. I got the young people looking around going, is he telling the truth? Is he, is he telling the yeah. Complaining, to grumble, to murmur, usually because of some form of discontent, to show one's unhappiness, or a critical attitude. This is not the voice you want coming out of your tent. <laughs> I, I, listen, stay with me. This is, this is a series. It will get better. <laughs> but we got to talk about this because I want to tell you something. I, I, oh, I used to be a big complainer. In fact, growing up, my parents had a grumble box. That's what they called it, a grumble box. It was one of those Quaker oat boxes. The round ones just looked like a cylinder, right? With the, with the funny looking dude or woman. I can't even tell what it was. On the, 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 the Quaker on it. And they cut, a, they cut a hole in it. And if they asked me to do something and I grumbled, I had to go get money and put it in the grumble box. Actually, it was not a bad idea because it made me aware of grumbling. Alan, I need you to take out the trash. I take out the trash. We'll put a quarter in the grumble box. I don't want to put a quarter. Put two quarters in the grumble box. <laughs> you know what they did with the grumble box? When they collected enough money, they gave it to the Lottie Moon Missionary Fund. That's how I started my missions giving was with grumbling. <laughs> so I learned a lesson early in life. Grumbling does not pay. It costs you. And guess what? It still does. Yes. Where'd y'all go? <laughs> oh, y'all like my grumble box, but when I said it still does, they're like, no, 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 I like my grumbling. I, I like my complaining. It, it solves a lot of problems. No, it doesn't. It doesn't solve problems. And what it does is, in fact, that's why the, Paul, Paul was writing, he's writing by inspiration. He said, do all things without complaining and grumbling. He said, well, 
Well, well, then what am I going to do? The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. Not grumbling. But there's a bigger reason for that. Notice what he said, that, that verse. Carrie, can you put that up again? The same verse. Thank you, sir. No, actually, the grumbling one. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. There's the bigger purpose right there. It's if, if we're a believer, you know the Bible says that we're lights in the world? That might be a revelation, but it's true. Jesus said, let your light shine before men. They may see your good works and glorify your father, which is never, not their father, your father. So one of the things that we are to do is to shine our light. And a lot of people think, if I'm going to shine my light, that means i got to witness to everybody. And I have to have bumper stickers and fish all over my car. <laughs> if the way some of us drive, a fish on my car is not a good witness. <laughs> it's just not. But I tell you what is a good witness is when you're at work and everyone's like, well, I'll tell you what, I'm a supervisor. <laughs> And, you, and they look at you and go, what do you think? You go, I'm glad I have this job. I appreciate it. <laughs> you just shine some light. Because you'll get this kind of reaction. <laughs> but the Bible says that we may become blameless and harmless. A harmless means without mix. There's no mixture there. Now listen, work with me, just, just with this thought. How many of you know it's good to come in here on Wednesdays and Sundays and sing, I set my hope on you are the everlasting God. I bless you and praise the Lord. How many of you know that's good? Then yes. if it's good for us to do that, then when we leave and go past the cones, yes. how many of you know it's still good to keep the praise working and not when someone cuts in front of you to go, dear God, what an idiot you are. Are you, it's this your stink, it's not your stinking road, it's mine. That you may become blameless and harmless. That word harmless means without a mixture. Well, so what we want to do, we want to become people where it's not a mixture. In fact, James said there shouldn't be like fresh water and, and salt water coming out of the same fountain. So we want to become people that what comes out of us is good all the time. So we're not complaining and we're not disputing and we're not grumbling and we're not writing nasty little Twitter feeds on people. Yes. Listen, guys, we're living in a grumbling, complaining, outraged, angry world. We need to shine like lights and go, I don't know about you, but I'm just glad I'm here and I'm glad God's good and I'm glad. And we could listen. When your children complain, you parents, when your children complain, you don't look at the other spouse and go, isn't that wonderful? They are becoming such a good little complainer. I have never, <laughs> never seen someone with that much talent in complaining. You're like, hush. You're like, hush, you need to be thankful. We do that as parents. And God said, hey, listen, the voice that needs to come out of our tent 
rejoicing, salvation, the Lord does valiant things. He's, he's big and good. Y'all listen so good. I haven't preached in a while, so you knew you were going to get an overflow tonight. <laughs> why, why don't you... Uh, Oh, I love my Wednesday night folks. Would you bow your head just for a second? If you came tonight and, and some of this was just like, I don't even know what this guy's talking about. But I, 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 in my heart, I don't sense that I'm where I should be with God. I'm not right with God. And I want to be. We're going to say a prayer tonight. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. But if you happen to come in here and you're saying, you know what? I, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I don't know that I'm saved. Or maybe you're saying, I, I, I've been there and I've gotten so far away from God. And I, I, know, I know I want to come back. I don't want to stay in that place. I, I, I want to come back. But this prayer is for you. And we're going to pray it. We're going to all pray it together. We're not going to highlight you, but I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you, you're saying, I really want the Lord in my life or I, I want him back in my life. Alan, I want to be part of this prayer. Would you pray for me? I just need you to slip your hand up across this auditorium. Pray, thank you. Thank you for your courage. Appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, hands have gone up all over. Thank you. Appreciate your honesty and your humility. That's great. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Now, if you didn't lift your hand, you can still jump in. This is a heart prayer. We're going to pray it with you. Let's pray it out loud. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. I said you're still bowed eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who've come back home, come back into fellowship with you. And for those who have received you for the very first time, we rejoice with them because they join the ranks of the ransomed, the redeemed. They join the family. We're thankful for that. Lord, give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about the Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.